0: Welcome to episode 68 of the Ask Achieve show, where we answer all of your burning questions on all things health, fitness, and business.
1: We're your hosts, Lauren and Jason Pack, and we're on a mission to bring inclusivity and positive vibes to the fitness space. Today we'll be doing a rapid fire Q&A from our Instagram Q&A that we did about a couple weeks ago. We hope you're excited. Let's get into the show.
0: What's up, Achievers? We are fresh back from our coaches retreat, um, which was at the Cape. Lauren, um, Lauren's grandparents own a lake house in Cape Cod, so it was. Uh, we do this every year. It's super cool, and we like it a lot because everyone, it's, it's a bonding experience. We also do a little bit of work, a little bit of brainstorming, but I think the fact that we do it off-site, away from the city, more in just kind of like a nice, like, nature area, mm-hmm. like, it's, it allows us to kind of decompress a little bit and just... Um, just relax a little bit more.
1: Yeah. When we showed up yesterday, or when we showed up on Saturday, it was downpouring, like torrential downpouring. It was crazy. Yeah. And the year before we showed up and we gave like this the team a little like a little gift and then we just hopped right on the boat, popped champagne. <laughs> so it wasn't exactly that this year, but we still we still popped a little champagne and yeah. then we did an escape room instead. It was fun actually. Which was really fun. And we actually we got out, we worked very well as a team, which yeah. is not surprising. Um so that was really fun and then um we grilled and Jason got caught in another we thought the rain was over mm-hmm. and then halfway through grilling got caught in another torrential <laughs> downpour luckily the the
0: the umbrella that i had was actually able to cover the entire charcoal grill plus the the meat dish to the side so it, yep, worked it worked okay, out okay, but it was it was a little bit of a spice with a little rainwater, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It was yeah. It's all natural. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, the next morning we got up and we had some breakfast, and then we went right into. Um, Jason gave a vision talk of sort of where we see achieve going, mm-hmm. um, and it was really fun to be able to share that with the with the coaching team and also get some insights from them on you know what they thought and and where they can see themselves contributing in, in those future endeavors. So yeah, it's very, very cool. And then the brainstorming piece after is always a really good time because we get to just throw ideas up on a board. There's no judgment involved. Like we say, nobody gets to say this is a good idea or a bad idea. This is just the time to get every idea up there. And then, on Wednesday at our team meeting, we'll actually go through and talk about which ones can we implement right now, which things might be might take a little bit longer, and which things are really long term, but something we'll still keep in mind. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, it's always good to have the sort of vision talk. We we do it about two to three times a year, I would say. And you know, even though we talk, uh, even though we meet with our team once a week and we have individual meetings and we constantly see them. Um, it's still important to have like a sit down, like, hey, this is where we're going instead of just getting bits and pieces of it. And even though we kind of feel like we sound like a broken record, it always helps the team to just get on the same page and always think about the bigger picture and the bigger mission rather than just getting kind of bogged down by day-to-day stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it was a lot of fun. I'm a little sunburned, but besides <laughs> that... Though all successful.
0: Kissed by the sun. (laughs)
1: Um, okay, so today we're gonna do another rapid fire Q and A. Um, we did this a few episodes back and we got some good feedback. So we're Mm -hmm. gonna do it again. Uh we're gonna go off of some of the questions that we got from our Instagram Q and A. Yep. So I will I'll kick it off with what the question was, what made you start working out in the beginning? Yeah. Um so for me, I was a competitive gymnast um all my life pretty much from I started gymnastics when I was four years old. And then I competed until I was about 16. Yeah. Um, when I quit at 16, it was due to an injury. I really wanted to stay fit. And the main, unfortunately the main driver for this was I was afraid of not being, of, of gaining weight. Um, so I wanted to stay thin. So I started working out, but I started doing a ton of cardio. I was on all the machines. I was doing all the cardio classes, taking spin classes. Um, And that lasted from the end of high school into the beginning of college. And it wasn't really until college when I met Jason and we started working out together. He started showing me some things in the gym, like strength training um, things. And I knew how to do, I did a lot of body weight stuff. Like I did pull-ups and I did dips, all things that I could do from gymnastics. Um, So I still maintained a decent amount of strength, but I didn't know how to deadlift or squat or anything like that. So um, once I started to do those things, I really got hooked on the feeling of strength and that really changed my perspective on Exercise and working out and that whole thing. But early on, it was more of a a vain uh, endeavor. Yeah. Me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And mine was definitely the same way as well. Um, <laughs> my cousin, he must have been like 22, 23 at the time. And I was about 14, 15. He had just got onto this um, just health and fitness kick, basically. And he was lifting a lot and he was eating the right way and he was just feeling good. And he was trying to get me onto it, which I really appreciate because he was trying to get me started from a younger age. And I remember having a couple conversations where he was like, you got to do this, you got to do it. And, like, my teenager self was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, yeah, I'll definitely do that. Um, And then kind of, like, time passed on. He's like, hey, you got to do it, like, you know, for sports. Like, it'll help you out for for that, help you out for life in the future, help you stave off pain. I was like, all right, cool, David, great, whatever. And then finally he drops – you know, girls might be more interested in you if you start working out. And I was like, sold. <laughs> and we literally went to Models that day. We picked up a 300-pound weight set. and I got a barbell. Like, um, and then yeah, he gave me uh, a stack of magazines to flip through. And he gave me. He also had a connection with um, a friend who worked at Adwala, which um is like a it's like a smoothie, like ready-to-drink type of uh, drink. And they had like a protein version where it's like super protein. And he gave me like three like. Boxes of that, and that was kind of my start to health and fitness. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out it's a little bit more difficult than just looking a certain way to um to get girls to get interested in you. It turns <laughs> out you need to have a personality, you know, little things like that. Oh, but, so annoying. But uh, you know, everything worked out. <laughs> um, okay, so next question. Um, any tips on how to increase squat weight? I seem to be stuck at 135 pounds. Okay, so this is. This is a very common question, Um, not not like specifically, but just, hey, I've been doing this exercise and I get stuck at this weight. And a lot of the times is because people don't actually follow through on an actual program. What they end up doing is they get to the gym, they lift nearly the most amount of weight that they can for whatever reps that they're trying to achieve, and then they try to do it again the next day or next workout, and they try to increase that weight just a little bit more eventually your your progress is going to plateau because otherwise, if that was the case, we'd all be lifting thousands and thousands of pounds on our squats and our deadlifts and or whatever. So we need to be a lot more strategic with it. So in order to do so, in order to progress forward, we need to take some steps back. So I outlined a progression for this person. And so their max weight for their squat was 135 pounds. And so what I did was, okay, let's take a step back. Let's take of 135 pounds, and it worked out to be about 80 pounds. Instead of just doing sets of one or three or five or whatever it might have been, I said, okay, let's do five sets of eight. And even though it's 80 pounds, it's significantly less, doing 40 reps at that weight is going to be enough for your body to actually create some sort of adaptation stimulus for it to actually start changing. And so I had her go, uh, or actually... Doesn't specify if it's a uh, man or woman, but uh, I had them go 80 pounds, five sets of eight. The following workout, 85 pounds, five sets of eight. The following workout, 90 pounds, five sets of eight. And finally, the last week of that month, 95 pounds, five sets of eight. So they're doing five sets of eight throughout the entire month, but we're slowly increasing the weight five pounds. And because we started off so much lighter than what they could handle, I know that they can jump, they can make these five pound jumps. And then the following week we go through with that same progression, but we go through five sets of six. So hundred pounds for five sets of six, 105 pounds, five sets of six, 110 pounds, five sets of six, 115 pounds, five sets of six. Now we're getting into a territory where the weights getting to be a little bit more difficult, a little bit more challenging. So now we're lowering the repetitions even more, but we're also eventually going to be lowering the sets as well. Um, and that's going to be 125 pounds, five sets of four, 130 pounds, five sets of four, 135 pounds, which used to be where she, uh, where they got stuck at, five sets of two. And then we're going to push even a little bit further, 140 pounds, four sets of two, 145 pounds, three sets of two, 150 pounds, three sets of one. And on the 16th week, attempting a new PR. So basically, this is a 16 week progression where we take a number of weeks and take a step back in order at the end of the 16 week process to try to reach a little bit further. So it's kind of, it's called waving the loads. And you need to start waving the loads if you want to continue to spur progress because lifting weights isn't going to be a linear um, process.
1: Yeah. And it it is in the beginning, which can be, which is why people get stuck and they get frustrating. Because in the beginning, if you don't have, if you've never tested your max and you don't actually know what you're capable of, then you start at something that feels fairly comfortable, and week after week, you should usually be able to keep Please, adding yeah. five pounds here and there, um, and then and that lasts for a while. Like it you're does. able to do that for a while, and then people get stuck, and then they're just like, "Well, okay, so what I wasn't doing or what I was doing that was working isn't working anymore. Yeah. Now what? And this is the the perfect place to go. Yeah." Cool. Cool. All right. Next question was from someone that said I've read that squats and the supine position, like crunches during pregnancy, are not recommended. Um, so I'll, I'll answer both of those squats and, uh, crunches. So squats are totally recommended during pregnancy, um, unless they cause you any pain or discomfort. There are some women who have a good amount of sciatic pain. Um, there can be just the way the baby's positioned. It could be pressing on the sciatic nerve and it just kind of sends a shooting pain down your butt and down your leg. Um, if that's happening and it's exacerbated by squats, we would say, definitely skip the squats, if, yeah. it's, if it's bothering you. Um, for the most part, that ex- uh, exercises like lunges and maybe single leg exercises actually make that a little worse, and squats usually are actually okay if you're doing them well, um, but you have to play around with your form and maybe change your stance a little bit. Um, if you're not feeling any pain, absolutely, we would say definitely continue to squat. Um, It's one of the exercises that you can pretty comfortably do. I mean, I'm almost 32 weeks now at this point. Mm -hmm. Very, very comfortable squatting with a kettlebell or a couple kettlebells, um, either in the rack position or in the goblet position. It feels good, and there's room, there's space for my belly still. Um, And also, it's great preparation for childbirth. I mean, you are going to be in some form of a squatting position, whether your legs are up toward you and you're lying on your back, or you're squatting during labor. Like, it's going to be a very helpful position to be strong in, Um, so highly, highly recommended. Yeah. Um, When it comes to crunches, that is something that we definitely don't recommend during pregnancy. Um, So there's actually two different things. She said supine position and crunches. So supine position means just laying flat, completely flat on your back. And this isn't recommended because the weight of the baby can press down on a vein that delivers blood to both, I think, the fetus and the mom. So there's... It doesn't happen with everyone, but for a lot of people, what will happen is if you're laying flat on your back for too long, you'll start to get short of breath, you'll feel a little bit uncomfortable, you'll know that this isn't a good position to be in. Mm -hmm. Um, Your body will tell you. But um, So exercises where you're just laying flat aren't great. Also, exercises where you're doing a crunching motion, so bringing your shoulders forward off the ground and crunching, are going to really exacerbate, um, I've talked about this in the podcast before, it's called diastasis, and it's the separation of your abdominal wall. And the crunching motion just exacerbates it, it makes it a little bit worse, and because we're trying to do what we can, you're not going to be able to prevent it, but you want to do what you can to minimize it, Um, you want to try to avoid crunches and sit-ups and those types of exercises for that reason.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, next question, weekly workout schedule for fat loss, working out about four to five times per week. Um, okay, so I laid out a five-step process. And number one, what I said was mentally remind yourself that the scale doesn't determine self-worth and to only lose weight if it's actually important to you. So losing weight, fat loss, it's such a difficult endeavor that if you're doing it for purposes of... Uh, how should I say this? If you're, if you're doing this anything other than for yourself,
1: like if you're doing it because somebody else looks a certain way and you want yeah. to look like them, or because all everybody in a magazine looks that way and you want to look like yeah, them.
0: or or you're getting peer pressure to to tell you to look a certain way. Yeah. If all these like all these reasons are contributing your wanting to lose weight, it's going to be a difficult journey. It's going to be a frustrating journey. Um, it needs to be something that is just. You want to do it for yourself and for nobody else, basically, because it's such a difficult journey. And number two, understanding that it's a long-term process and to always prioritize health over fitness. And that means no crash dieting. That means no detoxes. That means no totally restricting calories or cutting out entire food groups. Like We really need to prioritize health over fitness first. And then if we can take a much longer-term approach rather than saying, Hey, I've got three days to try to lose six pounds. Like It's just not going to set you up well for the long term. And then finally, the last three steps are more tangible stuff. Number three, I said strength train three times a week with a quick five to ten minute um, hit finisher at the end. Number four is low intensity cardio one to two times a week. And that could be walking, hiking, biking, swimming, jogging, whatever you like to do. And number five is making sure to meal prep and try to adhere to a sound nutrition program Eighty-five to ninety percent of the time, because again, a hundred percent just isn't sustainable. To be perfect every single moment, it's just going to be too difficult to adhere to in the long term. And eighty-five to ninety percent is going to get you pretty much most of the results that you would ever really want. Yeah,
1: um, I would argue that going a hundred percent, the the stress that tends to come with that is going to set you back.
0: That's true. More yeah. than
1: doing ninety to <laughs> eighty-five to ninety percent. Exactly. So yeah.
0: Um and yeah and like. With any of this sort of weight loss stuff, we always start with a little bit of mindset advice first because we think that really takes precedence rather than just supplying information to just tell someone how to lose weight. Like there's so much more to it than that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Next one I have is what are your top 10 exercises for total body health slash most bang for your buck? Um, So this was a really tough one. We, it was funny because actually Jason and I were on a plane answering these and we forgot to tell each other that we were both answering this one. <laughs> and so we both had it uh, lined up and we compared answers and they were exactly the same, which was pretty cool. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, at least we're, I mean, we should be on the same page. But yeah. still, it was a good confirmation that we're on the same page with this. So, um, all right, so I'll just list them out. So, number one, and we kind of cheated a little bit because we used like... Number one, we said any deadlift variation. So we're not going to say like sumo deadlift over conventional deadlift, anything like that. Really any deadlift variation, number one. Number two, any squat variation. Number three, either bench press or push-up. Whichever kind of one fits your level and fits the equipment that you have. Number four, any pull-up variation, pull-up or chin-up. Number five, any rowing variation. Number six, lunges. Number seven, single leg squats or deadlifts. Number eight... Dead bugs or marching, we've talked about that before on the podcast, a core exercise. Number nine, Turkish get-ups. And number 10, kettlebell swings. Um, Again, it's not an extensive list, but Mm -hmm. if you use those 10 exercises and put them together in some sort of program, you'll be in pretty good shape.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Next one is... I just had it... Okay. It's how do I improve my deadlift numbers, especially since I fear I'll hurt my back if I deadlift too heavy. And this kind of piggybacks off of the squat progression I laid out. A lot of times people just push a little bit too hard too quickly. And so what I wrote down was slow and steady progress. Don't, Don't worry about the weight on the bar. Focus on consistency, practicing the lift with lighter weights, mindfulness of your form, and being consistent. And now over time, that confidence can translate to higher strength when you test what you can do every 16 weeks or so. Um, So basically, if you are at a point where you're deadlifting, let's say uh, 100 pounds, you can't just constantly keep pushing at 100 pounds, maybe the next week trying to do 105 pounds, following week 110. Like you need periods of time where you really practice with 65 pounds, 70 pounds, 75 pounds. And if you don't treat it as oh, I'm regressing in weight, but you treat it as, oh, I'm really practicing and really dialing down my technique. The more you practice with these lighter weights, the more the heavier weights will start to feel a lot easier, especially because you've really refined your technique and have developed confidence. And those two things really play a factor in terms of increasing your overall strength down the line. Yeah. Cool.
1: Cool. All right, next one is, what would be your top 10 personal training certifications? Um, We actually listed eight. (laughs) I guess guess we either got lazy or forgot. I couldn't think of (laughs) any more. Number one, we said uh, National Academy of Sports Medicine, CPT. That could really be any certifying personal training body. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the one that we have, and we we like that one. Number two, functional movement. So functional movement systems um, where you would learn the FMS. Number three, strong first. Number four, precision nutrition. Number five, EXOS. You can do EXOS mentorships um, out in Arizona. Number six, certified FSC. That's from that's Mike Boyle's uh, certification. Number seven, USA weightlifting. We actually have one coming this weekend to achieve. Yeah. Danny Camargo is teaching it. Um, it's going to be amazing. And number eight, certified Nice Person Association, <laughs> which is not doesn't. One of our members actually messaged us and said, "Does that actually exist?" <laughs> <She's> <laughs> which like, should be, it should. <laughs> it should right. So that's uh that's one that you have to kind of do on your own. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important one. It should be number one. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, last one. I, uh, the question was, what keeps you guys so motivated? And what I wrote down was, we feel as though Achieve has an opportunity to change the fitness industry for the better. Um, and we've kind of touched on this in the past. But basically, when we first set out going through this social media thing, like putting out stuff on Instagram and YouTube and podcasting, we what was frustrating with us was just the overall, we talk about this all the time, just overall, just Over sexualization of fitness in the fitness industry, and also just fitness marketers preying on the insecurities of those who are trying to get healthier and fitter and whatnot. And we were like, okay, we can either just continue to get upset and complain about the situation, or we can just put out stuff that resonates with us and we know has worked for our gym and for our members, and we just put it out there consistently. And what we did was we just didn't sacrifice any of our values. Like, if you notice our Instagram feed, it's always with appropriate clothing on what we think in terms of just like what a professional should look like. And then also we just, we don't do anything that is compromised by just pure financial gain. Um, we just try to do things the right way and we're like, okay, if it catches on, it catches on. And, you know, sure enough over the past year or so, like it's just been really, I think people are feeling just kind of, um, it's kind of refreshing for them to, to see these professionals uh, putting out content in just the clear, concise way that isn't judgmental, that isn't preachy, that isn't like, um, you know, trying to sell something always. Um, so and, and it's just been catching on. So literally, it's just you guys keep us motivated. Every DM you send us, every comment you make, everything that just has a nice message attached to it, we're like, okay, we're heading in the right direction and let's just keep plugging away, plugging away. And hopefully over time that can make a more of a ripple effect within the actual industry itself.
1: Yeah, we, I mean, every time we get a message from someone that says like, I was intimidated i'm somebody who was intimidated by the gym, mm-hmm. and you guys have made this more helpful for me like that's what we're going for like we're trying to get the gym to not be a scary place anymore. Yeah. We want fitness to not be a place where people feel excluded or people feel like it's not for them because everyone deserves to be healthy. everybody deserves to be able to feel what it's like to improve their strength and their confidence and um, but if they never give themselves a chance to do that because they've been told over and over again that they don't belong, it's just so upsetting. And, yeah. and we just are like, okay, this is... Even if we're tired before a podcast or even if we <laughs> haven't like taken any Instagram footage in a while and we're scrambling to come up with something, like we will do it because we know that it's going to make a difference and we've, we've now heard that it's making a difference and that really means a lot to us. So, yeah, just like Jason said, you all are, are our motivation and we hope that we get more coaches in the future to be kind of catching on to this type of inclusive and positive language because we can see it making a, making a real difference.
0: Yeah. And the other thing, just to piggyback on people just getting more confident and feeling like they belong in the gym. Like a lot of these Instagram, I would say, or social media influencers are people that have only, they're all, the only experience working out and coaching is just with themselves. So they have a, N equals one research study. Yeah. And so we've been working with people for the past 11 years. So we've been working with hundreds, probably thousands now of people. And we can really pinpoint, okay, this will work for about 80% of the people. But we can also include in our posts, hey, if you have a longer torso or longer legs, like this might be more appropriate for you. Or if you've got uh, tighter hip flexors or a uh, bad back, this might work for you. We can really apply our information contextually. Because otherwise, the 20% will always be like, oh man, I'm a failure because I can't do that, so I don't belong and I I shouldn't even be on a fitness journey. And that always happens. So we just try to include as much relevant information as possible because we actually have in the trenches experience.
1: Yeah, we were just joking in the car that we always – like any – any Instagram post pretty much, we get one comment that's always like, like we got it on the single leg deadlift recently, where it was the, the post was want to improve your single leg deadlifts. And then it was three drills that we use or four drills that we use to lead up to single leg deadlifts or, you know, regressions from the single leg deadlift if you're having a hard time with it. And we always get this one, the one person, it's always a different person, but the one person who's like, if you want to improve your single leg deadlifts, just do more single leg deadlifts. And I'm always like,
0: that's the most ridiculous advice.
1: <laughs> but clearly you've just never coached anyone because you know that like just doing more of the same thing and feeling like you're failing over and over again is never the way to do something. So it's really, yeah, it is very interesting to hear those kinds of comments and see those things happening on, on influence, like on influencers like pages. And, um, for us to be able to combat that with a little bit more experience, uh, is definitely something that's continuing to drive us. So.
0: Yeah just motivated motivated motivated, motivated, motivated. <laughs> lord, right. lord hates or no no lord loves love. rather whenever i make like one syllable mistakes and words or like she she loves like grammatical type wow typos typos yeah i just love typos
1: i love when typos make a funny word like that's not a real word but it sounds funny oh it's so good and sarah our coach we love her but she makes a lot of typos and it just like makes my day every time <laughs> oh so good So thanks for uh, keeping us motivated. (laughs) Those are all of the answers to your burning questions that we have for you today. We really appreciate everybody sending those in. If you have any questions for us, any new questions, you can send them over to us at AchieveFitnessBoston on Instagram. If you wouldn't mind going into that podcast app on your phone and leaving us a review, that would be super, super appreciated. We'd really... take a lot of that to heart and really appreciate it
0: and keeps us motivated
1: and keeps us motivated so until next time peace love and and muscles. muscles